0: Hey, everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode on The Mindful Experiment. I'm excited to have you here. You're probably wondering if you've been listening for the last four to six weeks, probably wondering what happened to my solo podcast episodes with myself, and I took a little time off from doing those. I will be getting back into them in September. Um, We'll be going back to our original schedule of one on, one off. So it's one of me one week and then interview the next week and then kind of consistently go back to that pattern. We took a little time off here just to, um, we had some extra interviews I wanted to make sure I got across because we're working on some stuff on the back end that I really wanted to put more energy into because some people have been asking me, people who listen to the podcast have reached out and they thought about having some coaching services and then they looked at what that would be from an investment standpoint. And I say, you know, I just may not be able to do that, but do you have anything else? And besides classes and stuff, what's, what else do you have that can get more learning of what you share on the podcast and so forth? And we've created uh, a membership site right now that it's available. We are in the process of uploading. That's why I'm taking a few more weeks of not interviewing and taking the time that I do for that to focus on the membership, to get classes up there, to get eBooks up there, to get all the content. And then starting in September, we will be going ahead and going through sharing that content, sharing the stuff that we rec- will be doing. Like my, If I have an interview, you'll get the back access of what I thought of that interview. If there's any interview that I have in the queue, you get access to it immediately in the membership. Plus there's going to be live Q&As, workshops, and much, much more content uh, of, from me that you won't get anywhere else, exclusive. So it's in the membership, and that's what you'll get when it comes to uh, that process. And right now, we're offering it at $29. It will be going up to $39 uh, starting in October. So I would say get, take advantage of that. We have two different payment plans. Again, you can find all this information, how to sign up, and so much more in our show notes be- below. And I just want to throw a little feeler out there to let you guys know we'll be doing a virtual summit. This is something I've been saying and I was going to do for a while. And now I'm putting the action in to do this. I have some amazing people that I've interviewed, people I've connected with. And I really want to bring something to the table to help elevate consciousness to wind down a year to start the new. And so stay tuned for that. So a lot, a lot of things coming up here at the Mindful Experiment, and I know I'm probably loading more than uh, than you want. Probably as you're listening to this, possibly in the car or work or doing chores. But uh, I just want to get that stuff out there. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing someone who actually has been on the podcast before, and she was she got asked last year to write a book, and she's a sobriety coach, and it was one of those things where when the i heard I kept seeing that she the book was coming out it was going to be released at a certain time i said i love what you do i love how you support people she actually was a former client of mine and i said i want to be able to get you on the podcast and help you as much as i can so i had the opportunity to talk with courtney anderson and we we dove deep into um her 90 day journey of her book of what the 90 days is to sobriety. What does it look like? What does she incorporate? How is she different? And so much more. I know, even if you're like, ah, I don't don't have issues with alcohol or sobriety issues, I still recommend listening to this. There's stuff that she shares that you can apply to life. It's not just, she just tailors it into an aspect of sobriety. But it's an element to bring to that and so much more. And you can get access to her book, which is an Amazon bestseller. Again, in the show notes, check that stuff out. But without any further ado, here is my wonderful interview with Courtney Anderson. Courtney, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you for having me again.
0: Uh, I'm excited to have you back on. I know you got, you're got you doing some amazing things. I know, you know, with the podcast, you got your book coming out or it has it's out now, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where um, so much, I just can't wait to dive in. I mean, I had such a great time chatting with you last time. And I'm looking forward to reconnecting and diving deep back into what you're up to and so much more, especially awesome. for the listeners.
3: I know. And I was thinking about it. I think you were one of the first podcasts I had ever been on love that yeah besides besides my own and then started like branching out and doing doing um interviews on other people's and yours was the first i was extremely nervous that first time but now not so much
0: oh (laughs) you sound well you have improved i not that i even recognize you know but hey Uh, um practice makes better or permanent right yeah practice makes permanent yeah that's this race but anywho it um, really
3: it really does it really does the more you do of these the easier it becomes
0: that's why I try to tell clients when they get on one, they're all freaking out. And I was like, you know, I'm like, just, just, just keep doing it. And you'll, you'll see how natural the conversation just goes and takes you.
3: Yeah, I, I say 10. After you've done 10, you're good.
0: Love it. Uh-huh. So let's talk. I mean, you got a book that you've been helping so many people on sobriety. I feel like there's this whole movement. And I feel like when I first met you, you, you were, I, 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 maybe it was popular, but it's nowhere near the level of what I'm seeing now. Like, mm-hmm. three, you know, four, was it four years ago we, we had you on the podcast or something like that? And we discussed yes. these things. And now it's like, I'm seeing more and more people come out with sobriety and more and more and all those kind of things. Is it is it just to, I'd love to ask this question before we get into the book more and talk about all this. Is that, is it just awareness of people it is coming to things? Is it a trend or is this, I'd love to pick just to hear what you have to say about that.
3: Well, sobriety's always been a trend, right? But we just didn't know it was a trend. <laughs> You know, without social media. I mean, people have been sober and living in recovery for so many decades upon decades upon decades. However, it wasn't talked about because there was still so much shame around it. Right. So now we live in a world, you know, of social media and all that and where more and more people are owning it and talking about it out loud, which is great because it just brings so much more awareness. And where it's like sobriety and recovery doesn't have to continue to be hush-hush. And why continue to live into that shame when you were living in that in your active addiction, active relationship with drugs and alcohol? I mean, that's how I was. That's how I lived for 10 years. So when I got sober, that's why I was like, I need to do the complete opposite of what I did for 10 years to make this work. So I really think with the power of podcasts with social media, with more and more quit lit books coming out that it, there's just a huge awareness and people are owning it and understanding that it's okay to live a life without alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be.
0: No, I love that. And it, and and I'm happy to see that awareness because it has been, I don't know, since I've last I've talked to you on this podcast and mm-hmm. it's been from that moment, it's just more and more people I'm seeing coming out, talking about it. Maybe that's just what they're just coming out and talking about it. But mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, this person's sharing their 90 day or their one year or this year or that. And I'm like wow, okay, this is a thing that people are really coming out more with. And I'm just like, this is cool to see. I mean, like you're bringing up the whole thing with that low vibration stuff, shame, and uh-huh. all those things that come with it and to go through that. But for, so let, let's, um, for those who are wanting to get on the sobriety thing or looking to do it or tried and failed and this and that, you got a book to help them. I love to dive in. I, I'm leaving let you take the, they take the run on this sure. and tell us a little about the book. What's the you know the why, big why behind it? I always like to get to that, and then we'll take it from there,
3: yeah, so when I was approached to write this book, it was like, well, do you want to write your story? I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, what do you want to write about? I said, well, my real specialty is the first ninety days, and that's what I coach about, you know, and I think that those first ninety days are the most crucial for somebody, right? And so they said, sure, let's write about the first, you know, three months without alcohol and how you can thrive in that. Because I do believe that you can thrive in your sobriety. That sobriety is not the death sentence, you know, it's it's the act of addiction is. So the book and what's most important of what people should understand about the recovery process is the fact that you have to tailor this to you. So what worked for your brother or your neighbor or your sister-in-law is not going to work for you, right? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all program. We're not all prescribed the same medication day in, day out. Everybody's life looks different. So with me guiding you through those first three months, it's really about figuring out what's going to work best for you. For example, do you need to go into the 12-step program? Do you maybe need to go find a therapist? Do you want to find an online community where they provide uh, meetings and it's women's only? What works best for you? And then, of course, throughout the book, there's a series of journal prompts and there's space inside the book, which I love, that you can write out this homework that I assign you to write this out and work through of your why did why did you quit drinking alcohol? I mean, it's really two mindset tricks to make you look at the relationship with alcohol that it's no longer a good thing for you.
0: I love that. Why do you think some people then you know when they the one of the main struggles is that you, with your experience and your coaching and so forth is is that they um they fail at sobriety. they get mm-hmm. into it and then uh-huh. it they they lose and they not lose, but they they um um In their terms, failed.
3: Yeah, Uh, I I I do want to say something about the fail. There's no failing. This isn't nobody's getting an A or a B or a C. We're not getting graded on this, so there is no pass fail. What there is is continuing to try. And there's so many statistics out there, and I just recently heard of one that it says the average person it will take up to seven years for them to finally quit drinking. I mean, that's huge, but I can see it. For me, it took four years, right? Like you kind of keep trying, you figure out a way to still incorporate alcohol in your life when it no longer works. You set a bunch of rules and example, like I'm not going to drink any shots tonight. I'm just going to stick to beer. And then you, you end up at the same place where you started from. So I think that why people end up and I like to kind of refer to it as a falling, you know, failing forward is because they're still putting themselves in situations that are extremely triggering at like seven days. Like you should not be hanging out at bars still or in a friend's campfire at like seven days. Take the pause. The socialness will come back in time, but you really have, cause it's such a big lifestyle change and the identity they're not identifying as a person who is sober. So if I'm going to still continue to tell myself I am not sober, well, that's how you're going to act, right? I mean, the mind is a powerful thing, and you know that more than and anybody else does, where you really have to get into the identity of a person living a sober life and use verbiage like that, even if it feels a little bit off saying, I am becoming a sober woman or a male or whoever, a person. So people still continue to put themselves in triggering situations, not identifying with their new uh, way of living, and also to reacting. It's a such a quick reaction. Instead of taking the pause and stepping back for a hot minute to be like, how is this going to affect me tomorrow? Because it goes too into the whole instant gratification. So if you just take the pause for a minute, you can see where this is going to lead you. And then on the flip side of that too, Dr. Vivek, it's like, you know, some people need to burn their hand 500 times before it clicks. Like, okay, this isn't going to work anymore.
0: No, it's so true, right? A lot of times humans, we have to make that, that we make changes when we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like we get mm-hmm. to that, we have just been, we're, this is the, we're tired of being falling back on our knees and then we get to that point I'm like okay i'm done this is it i'm making that change finally
2: uh-huh.
0: um but no it's so true i love how you bring up the identity factor to it all because that's that's probably i think the biggest thing to for an individual it isn't anything right because if you like i change careers there's an identity shift that i had to go through uh-huh. where, from being a chiropractor now to full-on coach uh-huh. and 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 when i when we look at individuals it's like they're like okay who is this new person right? This is who I'm used to. This is who I've been, this is what I've been doing. This is my social life. This is all this. And now all of a sudden it's like, what's that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming you walk through all this in your book. So i love to, so i love to let, let's, let's, what's the, you know, what's the, where do people begin in this 90 day journey?
3: Well, what I tell everybody when they first start, please talk to your doctor about quitting drinking alcohol, because I don't, I don't know who will who will be reading this. I can't just tell you quit alcohol cold turkey, and you've built up a tolerance to like a bottle of wine a day. So everybody should be talking to a medical professional professional about detox and withdrawal. And then where you start is yes, start one day without drinking.
2: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend
3: do the same thing over within that first week because you're going to go also through um, a detox, which is known as a hangover for like two, three days. Well, we all know what a hangover is, right? When your head is hurting, you might have dry heaved a couple times the next day, a little bit shaky. And then what follows after that hangover and what people don't understand is in their in pause, which is post-acute withdrawal syndrome. That is where you're going to be a little bit more irritable. Anxiety can increase because your nervous system, as you know, your nervous system, you've been putting poison in your nervous system for years upon years. You're going to be more tired, low energy. So within that first week too, it is important for you also to Clean out the cupboards and the fridge. Stop holding on to bottles of booze and, you know, beer in your fridge. Give it away. Why are you continuing to put triggers right in front of your face? I mean, I have to say it like if I were to go out and buy junk food and put it in my house, I would eat it all within a couple days. So when I don't have that in my house, I'm not going to consume it. Same thing goes for alcohol. If you live with somebody who drinks, please ask them to hide it. I know that sounds extreme and or childish, but it it will work. Just like, hey, out of sight, out of mind, keep it in the garage, or let's not keep it in the house at all. That's a conversation you're going to have to have with the, per- the person you live with. So, really, you need to start there by talking with the doctor, cleaning out your house, and understanding what your body is about to go through. And that is through the post acute withdrawal syndrome.
0: I love it. And, it's, and, and I love the, the advice. I mean, it doesn't, from my end, it's not extreme at all. You need to desensitize. Right, uh-huh, And so you uh-huh. need to have those um, get to that point where if you see it, you're like, man, it doesn't mean nothing anymore. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen in you know, a week. And uh-huh. Most time it can happen for majority of people, you know, uh-huh. and it comes to that point where, um, you know, doing that kind of a process is I think you're that you're just that advice alone. And you're, you're setting up for long-term success. Yes. You know, a little at a time. And then, yeah, those withdrawals are going to happen. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing when we take something out, that's, toxic in their life. And it's in an anything, mm-hmm. right? If people do a detox or if they start to do a sugar detox or uh, if they do, uh, um, I'm going blank, but sugar is the one that shout out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing what will come up in those first three to five days.
3: mhm okay I mean, and- same thing too, if you try to like stop watching TV, you know what I mean? Like if you like are like, I'm just going to not watch TV at night anymore. You're going to go through a detox too of that because that's what you did for so long. Yeah.
0: And the body, the brain, the nervous system is always looking for condition, response, condition, 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 repetition, and patterns. And so when we break up the pattern, the brain's like, what are you doing? What's happening here? Where's, mm-hmm. my, where's my whatever you want to call it? Uh, why yep. is that not there? And uh, it'll start triggering things to try to get you to make a, 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 that go back to it. And then it's like, nope, I'm staying here. That's what I need to do. And so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, that's the first week. And then what do we look, what are some of the things people who are things that may come up, you know, because it's like after that first week, is it like kind of smooth road or is there challenges that come along the way that they, they can see happening in the next weeks to come?
3: Oh, for sure, there's going to be challenges because it's again going back. This is this is a big lifestyle change. So definitely, you know, riding this train out, some people experience what you you hear uh, the language you hear is the pink cloud, which is a euphoric feeling. I never had that. And I always get jealous when I hear people who are like, I'm on the pink cloud, but I have to say that pink cloud will, uh, burst and why the euphoria feeling it's because you've taken that poison away and stopped adding it to your body. So then that is to in the process of the detox and all of that. Uh, if you do not experience that euphoria, there is nothing wrong with you. It is normal, but and it's almost better to not have that pink cloud because it's like you can get through those hard days sooner rather than writing that pink cloud out. And then a year it bursts and you're like, huh, where are those rainbows and butterflies I was seeing for the past year? Like, oh, there's no unicorns exist. You know, so I, I kind of think it's a blessing not to have that pink cloud because it can kind of... um it kind of blurries the vision of what it is. And when I say that, it's because of the reality of the situation is when you get sober, you're like, a you are an adult. You're a newborn in an adult's body. So when I got sober, I was almost thirty years old. So I felt like a baby in this grown ass woman's body being like, Oh my God, these feelings because the feelings will come to the surface because you suppress emotions for years and years and years. And who knows what? a person's trauma was and why they decided to cope with drugs and alcohol in the first place, right? So expect, expect emotions to come up. That's a huge one. And that's one that I share. If you're crying for no good reason, there is nothing wrong with you. If you're angry, there is nothing wrong with you if you're sad, there is nothing wrong with you. You have to ride out these waves of emotions and find healthier options to cope with them, right? And that could be meditation, which you got me started on to do consistently, which I still have done. And uh, breathing techniques. You can journal those feelings out. You can take a walk, in rage walk for thirty minutes if you need to. You know, there's other options than just saying f this. I'm gonna reach for the bottle. Like f this. I've had a bad day. You can start baking. And that is all ways to express yourself, too, with this journaling, walking, baking. You can express yourself creatively to get that energy out and focus on something positive instead of, you know, hiding behind this alcohol solves everything and continuing to add the problem day in, day out.
0: I can even see like with even with the patterns of that where it's like well like oh you got to get the energy out and some people Mm -hmm. may like i just got to get through this and i don't want to go back and it's a whole shame thing in Mm -hmm. a different way that can come back yeah um but i love it i mean you do have to get that that energy out in some way shape or form and go for a hike go for a run go do something whatever i find what works for you this is why i always i tell people a lot and in, in in to recenter that energy so you can get back to that that calm centeredness but It's, it is a lot of, even this research that I've done over the years, it's like, it's so much repressed stuff for so Mm long. It's like a child who has never been able to express themselves have been whatever, you know, can't, just can't, can't express how they feel. They're just locked up. And then all of a sudden, now it's going to happen.
3: Yeah. I talk to a lot. I refer to my situation as a lot of conditioning too in my childhood. And look, it doesn't mean that it's all entirely a bad thing because now as a parent, I understand each generation before us did the best they could with what they were dealt with, right? So a lot too of uh, people who end up turning to alcohol and coping that way, it's like, were you told that you couldn't, you know, you, your opinion didn't matter. Were you not seen as a child? Were you told not to cry because you were a male? You know, were you just told to shut up and look pretty because you were a female? Like a lot of this plays into why people cope with alcohol the way that they do.
0: Oh, well, 100%. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's that feel. you know, it's that feeling that it, we chase that whatever gives us to that place. Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to get there and and whatnot, but no, I love it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a spiritual awakening.
3: Mm. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, honestly, the day I I've had two really like spiritual awakenings in my life that where I was, you know, that close, uh, to the universe and it was the day I got sober. And then it was number one, the day when I had my son, 1000%. I love that.
0: And it, 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 and so people have these emotions. There's ways they can express it out there. I love the baking idea. That's something that I love to.
3: But uh, and, and this is the thing to go back to that. That's I, as a child, before life happened, used to love baking. That's why I suggest it. And then throughout the years, you forget of these things you used to do when you were a kid. So it's like you really have to go back to because trust me, and I did it. I had a Google hobbies. Dr. Vick after I got sober. Because I had none other than drinking and working, because I was at that level of like, that is what I did. So when I saw baking, I was like, oh, I used to do that and loved it. So I brought it back into this new life that I was living. And it it filled up so much time. And that time, and then I almost got lost in it because I was creating something and it filled up a time where I would have drank alcohol. So it replaced that bad habit.
0: And you fulfilled your soul in, the, in another way because you're doing something mm-hmm. you love.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it's, it's one of those, uh, one of the messages I share to a lot of my clients is always to follow your excitement and whatever excites you. Yep. And you're doing that in baking. It's just like, I like to bake, but I don't bake cookies and stuff. It's more breads that I like. And it's just, and, but I also cook a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've been cooking since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I just, when I want to escape and just be able to connect with that inner child of myself, yeah. it's like, I'll just sit there and I'll think of something and I'll look at what I have and I'll go, okay, if I do this and this, I could put that together. I could do this. We'll try this out. We'll put that there and let's just see if this, let's just see. And there's no judgment, you know, where I can just have fun and If it comes out, hey, how it tastes good. Oh, somebody like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, I got lucky. I don't don't even know how that happened. But it's one of those things where if it comes out bad, it's like I learned where I'll learn where uh, I can improve on that, what I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done. But Mm -hmm. it's it's that expression of oneself and just to be in that moment and that feeling that childlike again, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think is another aspect of just healing so much.
3: Absolutely. And then there's just so much power in creating something. I mean, I also mod podge picture frames. I didn't craft before, but my husband was like, at the time, he was like, you could do this. And I was like, all right, cool. And I sat there and I mod podge picture frames for 90 days to sit my ass, to be still, to not, you know, not be forced where I, I had to force myself to be comfortable sitting at home within my skin.
0: And that's tough for a lot of people.
3: Oh, and I, I think you, it's it's more okay. tough for now. It's tougher nowadays too, just because so many, um, just because of people are stimulated all day long.
0: No, that's what I was going to say. That's that's the main thing. Not even if you have addiction or not. It's just, there's so many things to keep us distracted,
2: to mm-hmm.
0: not take the time to just tap within and be able to just connect with oneself and just be with oneself. I mean, you when we first met four years ago, I stayed meditate for 90 days and you're not going to like me in those 90 days because mm-hmm. of where that was. That issue I talk about then is probably double to triple now. And mm-hmm. it's just, and it's it's just amazing how much more we're in that kind of a place and so forth.
3: Yeah. I don't think I ever shared it with you, but my sister one time looked at me, she's like, what happened to you? I said, excuse me. She's like, you're not reactive anymore. And I said, Oh, that's because I meditate every day, sister. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is so true. I'll tell you.
3: And now, honestly, that is the number one thing I start telling clients and people all around. The sooner you start meditating, the better off you will be.
0: Yeah, because it, it'll give you that will. But just from sobriety and making that change and all that, it give it will build up that. I want to say willpower, but it's the only what I have right now. But mm-hmm. that. The resiliency to mm-hmm. be like, nope, this is where you keep your mind sharp and center. I can, I'm going to stay in this lane. This is who I am now. This is who I'm becoming. And it makes it harder to step out of that or go back to old patterns.
3: 1000%. Yeah. Meditation will, will help you in the long run.
0: I love it. So we talked about internally, we gave, we talked about tools that people can do in the process. Anything else that I may, we may not have covered in this, the 90 day process.
3: Um, I mean, there's so much more that goes into it, you know, especially too, in the book of how I explain, like the sixty minute rule because everybody everybody's main concern is their social life. majority. I will say, like ninety five percent of people, it's what am I going to do sober? How am I going to socialize? Are my friends going to like me? And, you know, you can socialize. You just might have to put a time frame on it. And I created the sixty minute rule where it's like, an hour is plenty of time to go socialize for a bit and then leave before the triggers start to happen. If they don't happen at 60 minutes, then extend it 30 minutes. But you really have to use your body as like your North star of how you start reacting to things where it's like, oh, okay, people are starting to get a little bit drunker, like, do I like this? Is it making me uncomfortable? And when you start listening to your gut and how your body is reacting to that type of stress, listen to it and exit stage left. But yes, the socializing thing is huge.
0: That's what, I'm glad we brought that up. That was a question <laughs> I wanted to ask because that seems to be the next thing. And you, I love oh. that whole, I love the rule aspect to it because it does allow. And, but even more so, you're speaking my love language when it comes to trust your body. Your body will yeah. always guide you along the way, no matter what.
3: Well, and then plus two, when you've been out of fight or flight mode for so long and then it came up, like for me it came back up when um when I had my son because it's like straight straight into fight or flight. That is what happened to me. And so I was like, "Oh my god, I haven't experienced this feeling in such a long time and it really is true of like you have people have to tune more into that and trust those Feelings and red flags that are coming up. It's like, no, even to if you are invited to a party on a Friday, you're like, Yes, I'll go. And then Friday you wake up and you're like, I don't trust myself yet. If that thought is coming to your head and you're feeling it in your body, then do not go because that's just putting yourself into like the lion's den when you are not ready yet. And there's no shame in not being ready yet. There's just not.
0: percent. I love that has. Being a mom, helped you tap more into your intuition?
3: Oh my God. Yes. Well, I have to say this because I really do think um, for, for me and what I have read more and more and talked with other women. So my son's about to be two and I felt like after 18 months, like that cloud lifted and I'm starting to connect back to myself and my soul of where that intuition, I can feel it again. Because, again, I was in fight-or-flight mode for about 18 months, Dr. Vic. <laughs> uh,
0: that's, that's a change in everything. Uh, trust me, I get it.
3: Uh, yeah, but- with the hormones and all of that, like, I, I've, I've heard it more now be talked about the postpartum experiencing lasting up to seven years, which, like, I could, I could see that, especially too if you have multiple kids. So I'm t- tuning back into my intuition and feeling it more and more lately.
0: Love it. No, because I just know, like, sometimes, too, with moms, they will have a baby and stuff. And when they get through the postpartum, but then they're like, they have a deeper intuitiveness. That's like, if they're aware though, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say everybody just gets mm-hmm. this, but it's one mm-hmm. of those things where it's like, you have your intuition, like it's heightened to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, let me know if that has happened or not. I'm excited for it. But I'm excited. Two year old are almost coming up around. It's a week away from my birthday, actually. I'm on the oh, eighth.
3: Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will definitely let you know as I cause I I've I've had to start rehealing or you know, healing in this new path. I'll never get back to where I was pre-my Son because you just that's not the case. Cause now I have him. and I don't want to get back there. But it's a healing path I've I've started on the past couple months and I'm definitely. Uh, feeling reconnected to my new self. I love it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: real quick before we wind up, how can people, you know, get your book, follow you, mm-hmm. and all the great stuff you do? You got your podcast and everything else.
3: Yep. So you can find my book on Amazon, our Barnes and Noble. You can also go to CourtneyRecovered.com, which is my website, and there's more options of where to get the book. Um, you can listen to the Sober Vives podcast and follow me on social media. I'm at Sober Vives on all of them. The one I party most on is Instagram. So
0: awesome. And I'll make sure I'll have all that info in the show notes. Um, Courtney, it was great. I love I love what you're up to. And just, I, mean, I, I still keep in touch from here and there when I get mm-hmm. a chance on social media just to see mm-hmm. how you're doing. And I love what you've yeah. been up to. As soon as I heard you are writing a book, and once I got wind, I was like, I got to get her back on. I just want to yes. have that conversation. It's a great, t- great opportunity just to reconnect and then uh, hear about your journey, what you've been up to. And I just love what you're doing for the world. And, and, uh, you know, you're helping people break through and really help them tap back into their power, mm-hmm. really, at the end <laughs> of the day.
3: Yes. Well, thank you so much. And I remember when uh, you were my coach and we did that, I said in that coaching um, that I was going to write a book one day. And here we are.
0: Love that. You know, (laughs) love
3: that. Right. So I had to come on here. It's full circle.